T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Paul yes. Hamilton ready? Yes, we do. All right, let's go to the Western Hotline now and say a good morning to our very own Paul Hamilton. Paul, good morning to you, and um, happy day two of the NHL draft. <laughs> We're going. And, uh, yeah, it's good to see Makar. Uh, interesting, a six-year deal, you know, that they want. Yeah. He winds up getting from the avalanche. It's, it's interesting how it always used to be, well, it's going to be eight years, it's going to be eight years, but now – you know, maybe starting with Marner or even before that, you know, sometimes you get five, sometimes you get eight, now we get six. You know, it's, it's interesting how each player treats this and how many years they want to go forward before they want to, quote, cash in again. Yeah, and I think that's a great point, Paul, because at 28 years old, Makar will be, you know, kind of ready for that next contract, and that's sort of going to be in the prime of his career. You would think he's going to likely stand to make considerably more when the salary cap inevitably continues going up. Yeah, and it also ties into, you know, as we talk about, you know, what what is what is Darlene going to do? Yeah. You know, uh, Right now, I wouldn't be comfortable with giving him eight million or or nine million or anything like that. You know, something six to six and a half. If I'm the Sabers, I think I'd be trying to do that for an eight-year deal. You know, right? But uh, I, I, if I'm Rasmus Dahlin and his agent, I don't think there's any way I would do that. You know, I would think I I would bet on the player if I were them. You know, Rasmus Dahlin bet on himself that you know what. I, I really started coming on under Don Granado. I'm starting to feel more comfortable. I need to become Rasmus Dahlin before I sign an eight-year deal or anything like that because I can do a lot better than six, six-and-a-half, five-and-a-half, whatever he would be able to pull down in an eight-year deal right now. I don't think the Sabres would be comfortable going eight, nine million right now You know, with where he is in his development. So... Um, if I'm if I'm them, I, I don't think I'm looking for. I think I'm looking for maybe a two-year deal, a three-year deal, a bridge deal. I be, then I'm I'm going to bet on myself that I'm going to become Rasmus Dahlin and play the way I know I can, and then I'm going to you know really cash in after a couple of years. Paul, let's uh, before we sort of get into how the Sabers fared um, in the first round, let's talk a little bit about the first real trade news of the afternoon yesterday, which is Ristolainen um, finally right getting traded to the Philadelphia Flyers. Your your overall thoughts first before we talk about the ramifications coming this way. The Sabers obviously getting a first round pick this year that they they make that selection 14th overall, um, 13th with Arizona's pick being uh, being taken away. Um, overall. How do you see the fit there in Philadelphia for Ristolainen, a player that um, I think for the most part was thought to be 
maybe having some of his value stipend just based on some of his underlying analytics numbers. But here we are, an NHL GM today or yesterday, paying a first and second round pick and a rostered player coming in return. That's crazy. I mean, uh, great job by Kevin Adams. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and think I ever thought that he could get a first round pick for Ristolainen and got mo he got more than that. So I, I just think it's a great job. Um, I under I undervalued what I thought Ristolainen would be worth. Now it's up to the Flyers. What can he do with the Flyers? Well, if they put him out there with the number one pair, the same thing's going to happen that happened in Buffalo. You know, it's not going to work for them. If they can put him on a second pair or a third pair where he belongs and not having him out 25 minutes a game, um, I think he will fail some, fare somewhat better. The thing is, and the thing I'm questioning from a flyer standpoint is, you know, a guy like Haig is a guy who liked to hit, but it's not really the way the flyers are coached now. They're not a team that does a huge amount of hitting and that type of thing. I was talking to somebody about this yesterday and um, it's interesting, you know, all right, well, what are you getting in Ristolainen? I mean, he takes himself out of position to make big hits, which is one of his minuses. I mean, you love the hit, but when he comes from the right defense position, comes in the neutral zone and then starts coming across, cuts in front of his defensive partner, now he's over almost on the left wing wall as he tries to demolish somebody. Well, yeah, you demolish somebody, and you also just gave up a two-on-one or a three-on-one for your partner because you took yourself way out of position. But, uh, you know, so that's that's what was puzzling for me. It's it's not really what the Flyers are about is hitting, and it's not it's not the old Flyers, so to speak. Uh, so, that, you know, that, that puzzled me, but uh, certainly a great return for Kevin Adams. Yeah, and, and let's talk about that, Paul, really quickly, the, the Kevin Adams angle to this, particularly – it's not exactly been the most positive offseason thus far. Obviously, right from the beginning with Jack Eichel and Sam Reinhardt and their, their end-of-season press conferences really put, I think, a pretty negative cloud over this organization that had already sort of been existing before those conversations were happening within the media. Talk a little bit about what that first trade potentially does to maybe the confidence level in Kevin Adams, not just from this fan base, but I think if you're Terry and Kim Pagula, who it appears anyways, at least from the cameras, have taken a bit of a hands-off approach and have given Kevin Adams and his new team of front office members the power and the ability to make the decisions and run this franchise the way that they believe that it needs to be ran. How much confidence does this give you and maybe your feel of the fan base and the confidence that they felt about Kevin Adams after, I think, I don't want to say a fleece job, but it certainly felt like the Sabres won that trade going away oh they did and you know it's, it's the jury's still out on Kevin you know I, I we just don't know you know how he's going to react I mean last year a lot of his decisions were made by Ralph Kruger Ralph Kruger wanted certain players Kevin Adams went out and got them Kruger was given way too much leeway and power when it came to that and uh, that's over with now it is Kevin Adams show and uh, him and Carmanos uh, in, in in, in cahoots together and, and they go over everything and it is his show um, as far as all the things that went on I mean Kevin Adams has a vision and I always say with a GM whether I agree with the vision or not I admire a GM that doesn't listen to me doesn't listen to me me the media doesn't listen to the fans he has a vision of what he needs to do and he goes out and executes it and that's what a GM needs to do he can't be wishy-washy he can't be sitting there going well if I do this, are the fans going to get mad at me or am I going to get killed on Twitter or, right. you know, that kind of thing. He has to have a vision for what he thinks. His vision doesn't include Jack Eichel. I mean, Jack Eichel's injury is part of this, yes, but I, 
quite honestly, I think Kevin Adams would be trading Jack Eichel if there was no neck injury. Um, I just don't think he sees that as his vision of guys that want to be in Buffalo, guys that are all about, you know, team. Uh, I, I think there's a, there's a lot of entitlement in that locker room that he's trying to get out of there. And, um, you know, and so, you know, I, I think really it was, if you, if you really boil it down, I think it was Adam's decision that mm-hmm. they need to move on from Jack Eichel and move on as a franchise and, you know, a lot of things need to be changed, and he, I think he felt that was one of them. Paul Hamilton joining me here on the Wester Hotline. We have our Sports Talk Saturday extended NHL draft coverage. We're on until 3 p.m. today. If you miss any of our guests, of course, you could go to WGR550.com or right through the Odyssey app and go to On Demand Audio. Paul, I, I want to talk to you a little bit about the reported trade that went down last night of Sam Reinhart going to the Florida Panthers. It hasn't been finalized yet. There's a lot of speculation that the Sabres may be waiting until the draft kicks off again this morning to officially make the trade call and and uh, announce the the return on that Sam Reinhardt trade but before we get into the details of the trade I, I'm interested in your thoughts about his fit in Florida in Joel Quenville's uh, system there yeah I, I think Sam Sam's a smart player I mean there's no question about that that's one of his strengths so I don't think Sam would have any problem fitting into uh, any any system and I believe the Sabres have made their pick they did uh, they they made the selection and it's Prokhor Poltapov, if I pronounced that correctly. Eighteen year old left winger, six feet, one hundred seventy six hey pounds. Hey Paul, it's a Russian forward. It is a Russian forward. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we were just talking about that last yeah. night. They must have been listening. Yeah. I mean, uh, here See, we go. See Paul, you 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 said that Kevin Adams shouldn't be listening to you or to social media, and here we are on the first pick on day two. <laughs> So, yeah, he's looking up here, 25 goals, 27 assists in 61 games. Uh, so in the MHL. Some nice size on him, too, six feet. I mean, specifically looking back at Rosen, because Rosen's not the largest guy, right, That the guy that they, they took 13th overall, or 14th, I should say. Yeah, that's the thing, his size, but, boy, he's a nifty player. Yeah. You know, I was watching a lot of highlights of his, and uh, he, he just has a lot of skill. They saw that skill uh, when they they had like five scouts at the under 18s, and he he scored seven goals and nine points in seven games, and a lot of it in what you would call spectacular fashion, you know, it's just real nice skill type of goals. But yeah, the size is, and he talked about it yesterday that he's you know doing a lot of weightlifting and trying to get himself stronger. He understands that. You know, he's played with and against men, and he understands that he's going to have to get bigger and stronger. But from a skill standpoint, certainly he's not lacking in that at all. Sam, um, uh, Paul, going back to the Sam Reinhardt discussion a little bit here and, and his fit in Florida, I, you know, I guess the, the thing for me that I find interesting about this trade um, is, you know, ultimately – the view of Sam Reinhardt within the organization and within the fan base, I do think there's a there's probably a sentiment amongst the fan base that feels that that Reinhardt was was underrated, a player that maybe wasn't appreciated as much for the things that he did on the ice. Because I I, I do think that there was a level of distraction and sort of the way that he. 
I don't know, approached things off of the ice, particularly within the media. So I think there was kind of a disconnect there between the player that he was on the ice and the player that he portrayed himself to be, particularly this last uh, this last season, right, where I think the most recent season is going to end up sticking in the minds of most people about his last year in Buffalo. And he just didn't really seem like he very much wanted to be here, particularly at the end. So, like, with, with that attitude potentially going into that Florida locker room with a very veteran coach in Quenville, a team that, you know, ended up, going up a few games in Tampa and then kind of blowing a 2 nothing lead against the Lightning in the playoffs this year. Do you believe he's a player that helps them get to the next level? Yeah, I do. I, I, what we started saying before we got rudely interrupted That's by the right, same by making a, draft a pick. Come on. <laughs> um, a Sam, Russian one too, Paul. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nonetheless. Sam, Sam is a smart player. He can adopt, adapt to any, any system, any coach. Uh, I don't think he'll have any problem at all, uh, you know, Quenville's going to be a different type of coach for him. He'll be fine. I mean, uh, and quite honestly, I wouldn't blame Sam Reinhart if he felt disrespected here from the standpoint he was never offered a long-term deal. He's sitting there going, look at the deal Skinner got. Right. How come nobody offers me anything? Like I get offered two-year deals or one-year deals. And, it, and why? I mean, he's been a very consistent producer. He, he all all the way through his career, so I would. He's never mentioned it. I want to stress that he's never mentioned that he feels slighted or anything. But how could he not? Yeah. I mean, everybody everybody's getting paid. He's getting paid, but not. He doesn't get contracts that I think he deserved through his play, and so I don't blame him for wanting not wanting to be here anymore. Why would you? First of all, it's been just horrendous losing. Not just losing, but horrendous losing his whole career. And then the, the the Sabres, everybody gets paid but him. I mean, that's kind of the way he could look at it. So why, I, I totally understand why he wouldn't want to be here anymore. And, you know, that's one of the things Adam's talked about is if players don't want to be here, then they're going to move on. Fine. I mean, it, it doesn't work. He doesn't want to be here. I, I, totally, I totally understand why he would think that. And I'm speculating again because he hasn't said why he would think that, nor would he. I mean, why would he come out in the media and say, I feel disrespected or anything like that? That's not going to get him anywhere. Um, so I, I get it, and I understand it, but I, I think he'll be fine in Florida, and I think he will be a good addition for them. Paul, um, some of the rumored return for Reinhardt, um, obviously a, a goalie that was um, that's been in uh, Florida system and obviously was just um, kind of the star of the show in the World Juniors this year. Um, and and you add in the potential of a roster player and a first round pick. What do you believe his RFA status, if any, had to play in the potential return that Kevin Adams got? And and do you believe that he's a potential like? long-term contract extension candidate in Florida, or do you believe that more than likely this might be a one-year tryout and, and he gets to UFA status? No, I think Florida would make the deal knowing that they would have a good opportunity to give him a contract extension. As far as Devin Levi goes, I mean, this is a guy that didn't play in his freshman year at Northeastern. He's going to his sophomore year this year. The goaltenders they had last year are not there anymore, so I imagine he's going to get some playing time there. But it was it was what he did. I mean, so the, his last regular gig was in the CCHL, where he put up he was thirty four two and one, <laughs> you know one four seven in this junior league and a nine forty one save percentage. But I think where where it was impressive is where he played for Team Canada in the World Juniors in seven games. His goals he gave him four goals. His goals against was point seven five. 
as they with a went broken to, rib, by the way. Yeah, as they went on to the silver medal, a 964 save percentage. You might remember Dylan Cousins was on that team too. So I'm sure that's what the Sabers saw when when they scouted. And I remember watching him at tournament. He was phenomenal. He was great. Um, so you know he's going to go the college route, as I said. Uh, you know he he I think. I don't know the other two goalies that Northeastern have. I looked at their roster, but they, you know, they didn't register to me. But as I said, I think Levy is going to get a chance to, you know, play at Northeastern in Hockey East, which I think will be good for him. But uh, certainly, his last year in junior and and at the world and at the World Juniors, he was phenomenal. Paul, last thing for you, Owen Power, um, obviously the the Sabres' first overall draft pick. Um, conversation kind of turned to whether or not his, you know, what his desire is to go back to school or to play in the NHL. Um, what are your overall thoughts about how the Sabres want to approach this or how you think they should approach this as a player that I think has the ability to go back to Michigan this year, dominate at that level, get an extra year of development before he goes into the NHL? Let's just be honest with each other. You know, I, I don't see a lot of good reasons to bring up a guy this year when when I think most of us believe this is not a Sabres team that's ready to compete yet. Yeah, Owen Power said last night, and I brought it up to Adams and he agreed, there really isn't a bad option here. Sure. You know, either way, either way I think he's going to be fine. I mean, if he goes back to Michigan, how can that team not <laughs> compete for a national championship? Right. They've already got, well, Portillo's their goaltender, as we know. They've already got... Uh, Matty Beneers and Johnston and, and Power and now Hughes is going to show up. I mean, four. I mean, potentially four of the first five draft picks out of this draft are going to be playing for Michigan this year. It's like crazy. So you know, one more year of development in college would be fine. Power believes, and I would agree that he could also step into the NHL if he wants to. Adams said, I, I, "I'm kind of surprised." They, they they said when they did their interview. It wasn't brought up, so they haven't talked about it yet. And Adam said, you know, it's something that they're going to have to talk about and try to decide what is best for his development. And that's why, like, Power, he wants to go back to school, but he's not totally married to the idea. I think he's going to listen to what the Sabres say and what they feel proper development is. So, uh, you know, I, I sure, sure there's going to be input. Now they can't have direct contact with him because he hasn't, you know, he hasn't declared that he's going to be going to the NHL, but you know how that works. You talk to advisors yeah. <laughs> who happen to be agents, sure. but now they're advisors. <laughs> Consultants, you know, yes. Yeah. yeah. And who, honestly, who would know if Kevin Adams made a phone call to power? I mean, come on. I mean, it's not like this NHL sits there and pulls everybody's phone records. So, uh, you know, we know how this all goes. So so they'll, they'll, dis- they'll discuss it and figure out what's best for him. But I agree with both – both of them that I don't think there's a bad option here if he goes back to school I think he'll be fine if he jumps into the NHL I also think he'll be fine all right Paul thank you for your time this morning uh unfortunately you are like a doctor today you're on call if anything crazy happens uh you will be getting a ring from Franklin all right Oh, I will be here, definitely. So, yeah, just text me uh, if you'd like to do this again. Sounds good, Paul. Appreciate you. Paul Hamilton there on the West Her Hotline. Going to take a timeout. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.